Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and I'm joined by my co-host, my partner in crime for the post-game podcast since 2020, the one and only Evan Birchfield. Evan, looking forward to this, man. Yeah, um, it's the final preseason game. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, the precursor to the regular season. And as we're recording this, uh, literally... Uh, the Falcons cutting down the roster from the current 80 down to the the final, quote-unquote, final 53. I say that because there is a very strong likelihood or possibility that the Falcons will uh, get down to 53 and continue to make moves, as all NFL teams do. But let's talk about the preseason game. The Falcons did play on Sunday night, which is why you're getting this uh, recording a little bit later uh, than normal. Um, they played Sunday night football, uh, was on NBC. They played at home hosted the Browns and lost 19 to 10. What was interesting about this game was how it started uh, with several of the starters uh, on both sides of the ball dressed, including Matt Ryan, who came out, went through warmups, was fully dressed, unlike in previous uh, preseason games, certainly looked like uh, he was someone that uh, was going to get a few snaps and it did not turn out that way. So uh, let's talk about the offense to start this off because um you know, the one thing I think we saw up front in the very first play of the game was what many Falcons fans, myself included, were wanting to see, and that was Kyle Pitts. So, Evan, what did you think of the one play that Kyle Pitts was in on for the Falcons? Um, I mean, it was like a weird little, like, bootleg by uh, Franks who kind of just stopped, uh, dumped it off to Pitts, and then he uh, was kind of headed out of bounds and was able to get his footing and turn it upfield and went for 27 yards and I don't know. It was, it was exciting. Um, and then ran into a bunch of Cleveland Browns on the end of it. Um, I mean, it's one play and PFF thought enough of it to give him like a 95 <laughs> grade. Um, so yeah, I think everyone's pretty excited from what they saw in that one play. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can do over the course of an entire game. But, uh, considering that was what the first or second play, um, it, it was worth the wait. Yeah. And I'll say this, uh, I saw, a, a, you know, watched the play multiple times. A few things stood out to me. Number one, um, that was a legitimate uh, drawn-up offensive play. Um, that had some pre-snap motion. They had a wide receiver that motioned from the right to the left at the point of the snap. Um, that drew the uh, single high safety uh, into the box as he anticipated either a possible run or helping to cover uh, that wide receiver. And uh, Kyle Pitts uh, ran the jet from the left side of the line to the right, and that's where he took the pass on the mm -hmm. right sideline and ran for 27 yards. That is a legitimate like NFL 
play instead of the yeah. vanilla stuff you see. So that I've, was yards after catch because oh yeah, what was it? Maybe a three yard pass. Oh like yeah, it wasn't. He wasn't uh, much further than Frank's was, but once he turned it upfield, you know, he made the play happen. Yeah. And uh, well, I think what was critical there was that was a play that was, there was only one re- intended receiver on that play. Um, it was intended to pull the safety down uh, from that single high look to pull them away from the right side of the field where Pitts was lined w- would ultimately take the catch. Uh, and the, the receiver that stayed on the right side, occupied the corner and the other safety uh, and created a huge vacuum of space that allowed Kyle Pitts to run. So if you get the chance, go back and, and watch it. You can find it on the Atlanta Falcons Twitter account uh, from last night, one of their posts from last night. Um, I think you'll see this is the kind of stuff that has a lot of us excited about what Arthur Smith is going to do this year. This is the kind of play that you would have seen from Kyle Shanahan um, back in 2016. And they ran it. I think they ran it intentionally because they wanted to get the ball to Kyle Pitts and see what he could do. And he did not disappoint. Um, So on that note, Kyle Pitts only played one snap. So that's all we're going to talk about him for today. He played the one (laughs) once. I think he played two snaps, but he he had the one reception uh, and obviously did a lot with it. But let's talk about the other guys, because honestly, this is where um, the metal meets the road. The starting offensive line, except for Jake Matthews, who did not play was out there for two series. Um, Felipe Franks did start at quarterback. Calvin Ridley did not play. Um, I think Hayden Hurst, uh, I, I don't think he played, but I may be wrong about that. Yeah, I don't think he was on the field. Yeah, and then Michael Mike Davis had, I think, one or one two snap. snaps. Yeah. I think it was just one, but it might have been two. It wasn't a lot. <laughs> no, it was intentionally – um, in many ways, just them going with the bare minimum for guys that are going to be, you know, clear starters. Russell Gage had one snap. Uh, Mike Davis had one snap. Um, and then looking at the starter, starting offensive line, Caleb McGarry had four snaps. Um, you know, Matt Hennessy had four snaps. Chris Lindstrom had four snaps. Uh, so it's pretty clear, uh, you know, Arthur Smith wasn't going to mess around. He was not going to leave his starters out there for an extended period of time. Um, was there anything with the first unit? Like they didn't do much um, right. from what I saw. So it's, I feel like we can't even comment on them because we just didn't get much of a look at them at all. Yeah, that's safe to say. Um, it's just, there. It, it was almost like basically like, check, you know, having your car, checking the oil, check it, doing all this stuff. And then you start backing out of the driveway and you just shut the car off. Like yeah. that's pretty much all we got to see. Um, yeah, <laughs> I would have liked to see a little more from a couple of them, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I think I, I saw that after the game, um, Arthur Smith made the comment that they, uh, he didn't plan on playing Matt Ryan at all at in all. preseason. Yep. And we all like kind of speculated and we kind of thought we would at least see him, you know, briefly because of, as you mentioned, how he went through workouts and, yeah. <laughs> Literally was dressed up, had the eye paint or the uh, eye black on. And uh, yeah, he didn't even take a snap. Nope. Uh, Arthur Smith is loves the Sutterfuge uh, as it is. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk about some of the key position battles. Um, offensive line. Uh, that left guard spot. I, I think at this point, uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. I feel like Josh Andrews now is basically the pencil in starter. Um, although I... I you know, Jalen Mayfield 
graded out fairly decently at left guard. And granted, he was playing mostly against backups. But what do you think about that left guard spot? Do you think it's Andrews at this point? I think so, just because he's got more experience, obviously, than Mayfield, who hasn't taken a regular season snap at left guard. Um, whether Mayfield, you know, what week he ends up starting, I think he'll eventually get some starts at left guard. It probably just won't be until later in the season. And it, there's always, as you mentioned at the top of the show, there's always a possibility they add somebody who's, um, you know, currently on another roster or right. if cuts have taken place by the time you've heard this uh, available. So. And to be fair, Andrews um, has gotten better as the preseason has gone on. He's not great, but I think he's serviceable. Um, mm-hmm. and, and certainly in this game, you know, the Browns, you know, to, to reemphasize, they're a top-notch team. They're considered one of the favorites in the AFC. They're up there in the conversation with Kansas City, Buffalo. Um, you have to consider them one of maybe the top three or four teams in the AFC that could p- potentially contend to go to the Super Bowl. So it's not like the Falcons were going up against a bunch of scrubs. And I, I felt like he held up well enough for his four snaps uh, and has, and played well enough again in the last game against Miami. Um, all right. Now the wide receivers, obviously we know like the top three, we've talked about this before Calvin Ridley, uh, Russell Gage, Alameda Zacchaeus. They're pretty much locked in stone. Um, who do you think based on this game stood out and who maybe is, you know, shoring up their spot on the roster at this point? Um, I think Juwan Green, obviously, who had the uh, lone touchdown, mm-hmm. stood out. Um, he led the day with three receptions, uh, 58 yards, and that touchdown in the end zone uh, from Rosen. That that play alone stood out. Um, but, uh, I mean, we got to see a little more Chris Rowland, who finally was involved in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank Darby, who's kind of been up and down and is definitely the, one of that, you know, bubble receivers who is kind of on the outside looking in. Um, yeah. I don't think he did nearly enough to, you know, he had two receptions for 13 yards on uh, three targets. I don't think he did nearly enough to kind of, you know, definitely make it a definite case for that uh last roster spot um because i mean a, a lot of us expect them to only have five receivers so once you get past you know ridley gage zacchaeus um probably tajay sharp is that fourth one and he didn't actually like have any um any targets or anything in this game so yeah. i think he's probably safe um but yeah i mean a lot of them don't eat like n- nobody really jumped out uh, aside from Juwan green. Um, you know, I really like Christian Blake, but even then he had a tar or one catch for seven yards. Um, I'd like to see somebody probably added to the roster. And I think that's one of the, the positions where it could be, it could be someone added later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but Agreed. yeah, I, I just, I, it, I didn't come away from that game feeling, wow, you know, our depth at receiver is really good. Like it's a lot of inexperience. Yeah, and that's I'm glad you said that because I, I agree. I, I feel like yeah, Sharp Tajay Sharp at number four is probably okay. Uh, I don't like if you said he was going to get cut, I'm not going to like write to right. the Falcons about <laughs> it. Um, and the problem is, is that after him, there's not really a, a strongly compelling uh, person. Maybe Chris Rowland. Um, I think Christian Blake gets a little bit of the nod because he has experience with this team uh, over the past couple of years. So that, you know, I feel like it's going to be a competition uh, for that fifth spot. Cause uh, I don't think they're going to carry six wide receivers this year. 
Um, but I think that fifth wide receiver is going to be sort of a, a, a weak competition between Christian Blake, uh, Chris Rowland, and Frank Darby, as you said, sort of out on the outside looking in. If you're, to, if you're to twist my arm, I think right now it's Christian Blake. But um, I am not passionate about any of those guys at this point. Um, there And there have been uh, today some receivers who were previously with the Falcons, including uh, Rashard Perriman, who were cut by the teams that they were on. So, uh, again, to your very good point, Evan, there's still a chance that we don't even have wide receiver five even on the roster right now. It may be someone that they pick up this week. Um, so that's definitely one to keep an eye on. Now the running backs, this one's interesting because Caleb Huntley got a lot of run with the twos early on. Many of us thought it would be Quadrio Olison. Um, you know, at this point, I, I feel like all right, Dante Foreman, uh, when he whereas he looked good in a in a few spots, he he was not getting a substantial amount of playing time, and it was sort of towards the back end of the game. Um, I feel like Huntley may have a bigger role if this preseason game was in the indicator. What do you think about Huntley and, and the the fact that he got twice as many carries as almost any other running back on the roster? Yeah, I I, I mean, I, I can't say anything like specific because obviously we don't know what Arthur Smith's opinion of Huntley is. But as you mentioned, the fact that he got the most run in this final game, um, the fact that they got rid of JV and Hawkins, who a lot of people penciled in as like, if one of these undrafted free agent running backs made it, it was JV and Hawkins. Um, I, I think they really like Huntley, whether he actually makes a roster um, or not. I mean, he's his ceiling for, I imagine unless another team uh, claims him uh, is definitely practice squad, but I think he's got a legitimate shot of being on the roster. Um, I do like Dante Foreman um, and, you know, but I just don't like, you know what his ceiling is. Yeah. Um, Huntley, an undrafted player, has played well this whole you know preseason, all three games. Um, I think he could be that fourth running back. Yeah, I, I, I think he's earned the spot at this point. Yeah, um, the way he's played, and uh, I'm looking at the PFF grades, and one thing that jumps out to me about Huntley, and it's something that um, we probably don't talk about a lot, but I think um, Aaron Freeman, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, uh, has mentioned before. Um, Huntley's pass blocking grade was actually pretty strong, 73.5, which is above average. Um, so, you know, that could be one of the reasons that Javian Hawkins was not mm-hmm. able to make this roster. And it, it could tell us a lot about what Arthur Smith expects out of these running backs uh, is their ability to pass block. And uh, God knows Falcons fans are very intimate with the idea <laughs> of <laughs> Uh, running backs, not pass blocking. Uh, so that could be a factor here. And, you know, Huntley may not be an explosive runner, but I think he's done enough. And if, if he is doing something uh, in that regard where he's a good pass blocker, that could be a, a, a differentiator for him uh, with, mm-hmm. with the running backs in the roster. Um, yeah. All right. Quarterback. Um, Felipe Franks. That's the one what everyone's tuning in for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Felipe Franks in the first half. Uh, why don't you give us a rundown of what the the two quarterbacks did? Because Franks played the first half. Right. Josh Rosen, Rosen Mason came second. Came in the second half. Why don't you tell us how each one of those guys did statistically? So Franks, uh, as DW mentioned, played started off the first half. He went five of eight for sixty six yards, which was a pass rating of eighty eight point five. 
And then Rosen came in the second half, had nine completions on 18 attempts, 118 yards, and a touchdown for 89.6. So their passer ratings were, you know, pretty similar. Um, but overall, I mean, if you were just going off the, the eye test, Rosen, considering he has only been on the roster for a few days, he, he was the better quarterback. Um, and yeah. in, in the, the commentators um, were saying the same thing during the game. If you had to pick one, I mean, Rosen just looked the part. Uh, his throws were very accurate. There was a couple drops um, that yep. were just on the receiver and a couple times where the, the receiver's assignment was just blown, where they didn't make, make the right decision, uh, especially towards the end zone. Um, they ended, he ended up, you know, having that one to Juwan, Juwan Green. But uh, Rosen just looked sharp. Um, Matt Ryan probably doesn't need to be looking over his shoulder. <laughs> I think he's safe, but right. Josh Rosen, in my opinion, with as I mentioned, the short week he had, did enough to be quarterback too. Now, th- again, this could be another spot where they look elsewhere mm-hmm. during cuts. Um, but in my opinion, if I had to pick one of them, Rosen would be the guy. Nothing against Franks. Like I hope you know that he gets stashed on the uh, on the practice squad. But usually you're not bringing in an undrafted free agent quarterback to be your quarterback to. Uh, that rarely happens. So it's not like like Frank's, you know, blew it or something. Like yeah. that's an unfair challenge for any undrafted quarterback. Um, but I think he's definitely deserved a practice squad spot. Um, he's shown a lot, you know, in these last three games. And uh, yeah, but I, I think Rosen looked looked like a quarterback too. Yeah, I'm I'm with you and. You know, we had to keep in mind a couple things. He was going up against essentially at that point, you know, third string players right. that probably are not going to make the roster. And but he was also playing with third string players that will probably not make the roster. Um, so that that matters. Um, but that, and also in the past couple games where we saw Frank's going up against you know the same kind of talent level, he wasn't doing anywhere near as good. Exactly. Yep. And that's that's a key point here. Um, and I think in fairness to Franks, as you mentioned, he's undrafted. The expectations for him, I think, got a little bit out of whack because I think there was, you know, I was part of the problem here, (laughs) sort of a disdain for AJ McCarron because he just wasn't a plus anything. He wasn't a plus thrower or a plus athlete, anything that sort. And at least Franks had the big arm and the athleticism, um, but simply just did not hold up as a quarterback. Um, and in this case, as you mentioned, Rosen looked more like a quarterback who could start in a pinch. And that's really what you're looking for here. So I'm with you. I think right now he's quarterback too, but I would not bet money that that stays that way. I think there are some potential cuts coming up. Um, I know uh, Scott over at the mothership has said he thinks Trevor Simeon could be someone that the team targets. Uh, Simeon spent some time with New Orleans when uh, Terry Fontenot was there, and he also spent some time uh, in Tennessee when uh, Arthur Smith was there. So there's some connections there uh, to be mindful of. But right now, I think Josh Rosen ends up QB2. And to your point, I think Felipe Franks goes to the practice squad. Um, all right. Did I leave anybody out uh, on the offense? Evan, I feel like I'm glossing over, but it, honestly, like we know most of these guys are going to get cut. Right. Uh, the only other guy I could think of is um, like, the player I've been talking about a lot, John Rain, he got a lot of snaps in this game. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, you know, great. He wasn't playing fantastic, but he played both as a tight end and a fullback. 
Right. He had 29 snaps on offense throughout the game, which tells me the coaching staff wanted to do a good deep eval on him. Um, mm-hmm. Am I reading too much into that? Or you think that no, he is- I, one thing I, and I tweeted about it um, that I noticed was there was a, a couple packages where, you know, and you'll see it with normal tight ends also, but the fact that John Rain can play fullback um, was interesting is he would line up at tight end and then they'd motion him into the backfield. Yep. And he'd instantly become the fullback, which is natural for him because he's played both positions. Um, so I think that I, I think if he ends up tight end four, which I think me and you kind of speculate that he will, mm-hmm. um, it does bring value to have tight end four also be, you know, in a pinch where Keith Smith has to miss a game or two. You're not going to really lose a whole lot, John Ring. Yeah. And I think that's that is something to keep in mind. Um, I didn't notice him much on special teams, uh, which obviously when Jaden Graham uh, was you know the presumed tight end four? He was a big special teams contributor, so that you know maybe something to pay attention to. I honestly, I I think it is between Rain and Parker Hesse. Uh, right now, I think maybe Rain has the edge, but if Hesse gets it, I wouldn't be surprised either. So, um, all right, that rounds up the talk of the offensive side of the ball. Let's talk about the defense. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. We're back on the Foul Call It podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We're recapping what happened in Atlanta, third preseason game in the loss to the Browns um, for the final, final stretch for these players who are trying to make the roster. Um, we've talked about the offense. Let's get into the defense a little bit now. Um, a lot of defensive starters did not play. <laughs> yeah, uh, we did not see Grady Jarrett. We did not see on see Deion Jones. We saw very little of uh, Dante Fowler. I think he had ten total snaps. Um, even guys like Brandon Copeland had just five snaps. Isaiah Oliver had just five snaps. Uh, Tyler Davidson had just seven snaps. Um, AJ Trail played ten snaps. I mean, I guess that's something. But uh, we really didn't get a long extended look at most of the the top tier starters on this defense but that said um evan who stood out to you i know you looked at some of the pff scores uh so who jumped out on the defensive side that you know probably we need to take note of um i think the big one you know it seems like every week there's been one defensive player who's just kind of with Etheridge being you know week one kind of really stood out um, I thought TJ Green looked really good. Um, he's naturally been a safety previously, mm-hmm. but they had him out there playing corner um, towards the end of the game and looked really good. Um, he's one of those players that I think could technically make the roster, probably not listed as a safety, but he can play both safety and corner. So, again, brings kind of position flexibility. Um, but, yeah, we saw some of the starters. I thought Errol Thompson looked good. I thought he's looked good this whole preseason mm-hmm. um him and etheridge it's there's so much depth at linebacker though um 
I mean, the fact that Michael Walker, who could start on just about any other team, um, is going to be more of a rotational player just based on the scheme is crazy. Um, uh, Richie Graham, we saw some of him. He looked good. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, there's just a bunch. I mean, every week there's been a bunch of defensive players, a lot of them younger guys. Um, Avery Williams, actually, you know, me and you've talked about in past episodes – you know, him being on that punter battle competition with uh, Chris yeah. Rowland, I thought he really stood out at corner in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, Rowland did have uh, what a catch or whatever, but um, Avery Williams playing corner looked good. And I mean, he's wouldn't be like a starting corner or anything on this team, but if he's like your fifth or sixth corner, um, I mean, uh, you ain't going to hear any complaints from me. Yeah. And, and, which is what he will be, um, and that's completely fine. And again, he's he's a plus athlete who we're, we brought on primarily for special teams. So if you're getting quality corner play uh, from a from a depth standpoint, again, not for this guy to be a starter. Clearly, that's um, really good. He was our third highest graded player on mm-hmm. uh, PFF, so that's really encouraging. And to your point, TJ Green was our highest graded player by PFF. Uh, and for those who are unfamiliar, TJ Green was a 2016 second round draft pick by the Colts. Mm-hmm. Um, out of Clemson, four three four speed, six foot three. Um, like if this guy can be a depth player for us, like that's you know, that's some high pedigree. And and a lot of times with these guys, you know, we, we've talked about this before. The, the team that drafted them, you know, you draft someone that high in the you know, the second round, you're really wanting them to eventually become a starter. And if that player just doesn't turn into that you feel like you have to move on from them. Well, Atlanta as a place where he could go and potentially just be a rotational guy, like you said, moving from safety to corner, he doesn't have to be cornerback one or two or even three. Like right now, Isaiah Oliver's our nickel. Um, someone like TJ Green, I feel like is he's going to be a good fit as that fourth or fifth corner, someone you can turn to in, in you know, really sub packages or someone that can come in and in, in you know in a substitution or during injury and fill in in spots and that's you know those guys matter they they help fill out the roster and to your point I think he made a strong case for making the fifty three man roster this week he's one of the names I'm going to be paying attention to to see if he mm-hmm. sneaks in at the end um, the other name that popped uh, he got twenty six snaps second highest graded on PFF Marlon Davidson um, his second preseason game and he second strong performance he missed the second. Uh, preseason game. He played in the first one, looked good in that one, um, played in this one, has looked good in this one. Um, so knock on wood, hopefully this is a sign that Marlon Davidson is going to have a, a much better year than his rookie year. Um, all right. The, the the secondary, we didn't see much of the starters at all. Um, I think uh, Eric Harris and Dron Harmon did not play, but we did get to see a good bit. I of thought Richie. I saw Harmon out there. Did he play? He may have played a few. I snaps. know Eric Harris definitely did not. But I yeah, thought you're I saw right. Harmon out Harman there played, for like a couple. Yeah, he played 10 snaps. So yeah. he was out there. But I think primarily the, the Falcons leaned on Jalen Hawkins, who had 42 snaps, yeah, um, and Richie Grant, who had 32 snaps. Uh, and I've got to be honest, I am actually really uh, excited about how these two guys are developing. Uh, obviously, Richie Grant, second-round pick, a lot of people are – want him to be a starter right now. And I just don't think that that's in the cards immediately. I'm not saying that can't happen this year. Um, but Jalen Hawkins, like, again, he, he graded out fairly well on PFF. He's had a really strong preseason. What do you think about the two safeties? Cause I feel like this is, 
this could be a preview of who our starters are in 2022. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Hawkins even last year before he got injured. Um, yeah. This preseason, he's really showcased that he could technically start for this team. Um, and obviously, he's from the last regime, so it's not like uh, Arthur Smith and Dean Pease came in thinking about Jalen Hawkins, thinking they had a starting safety in him, because um, he hadn't had a lot of tape um, from missing games last year. So could he technically start? Yeah. But, you know, they do have these two guys at the, in Harmon and Harris who uh, are technically the starters. But you might see Hawkins in there as a rotational player just because he's been too good to kind of take off the field. Again, yeah. it was preseason, but he's looked really good. And, um, you know, Dean Pease has sent him even on blitzes where he's gone up the middle and got a sack during preseason. Um, I think they really like him. Um, and if he's your depth safety, I mean, that's very good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and again, uh, when, when you've got these guys essentially in the rookie years, Jalen Hawkins did play last year. Uh, I get that, but essentially, you know, these guys are still very young. Yeah. Um, and you, you can put them behind two veterans, let them grow and develop. It's such a perfect situation for them right now. There's no immediate expectations. It lets them play a little bit more free. As you mentioned, I think with Hawkins, I don't think he feels the same sort of level of pressure. And now he's able to just, um, you know, play as a reserve and come in and just ball out and, and make his case. And, you know, the same will be true for Richie Grant, who as a rookie, his head is probably swimming uh, as many rookies are. So a uh, good opportunity for them. Do you, do you find it interesting that both are starting safeties? You know, we talked about it on previous episodes, but they'll technically go into week one, not playing together. Like that'll be their first time playing together. Yeah. That's because a, it's a lot of times safeties have to be on like similar pages and they will have no like game experience together. Yeah, that's uh, and, and you know this. I guess some of this comes down to the whole debate about you know how much the preseason games actually matter versus the practices, right? And and versus uh, you know what they did in Miami with the joint practice, uh, which yeah. seems to be I, my bet. And this is just reading the tea leaves from how Arthur Smith has has talked about this preseason. My bet is the Falcons are going to lean more heavily on joint practices in the future. Uh, and they're going to, they're just not interested in playing starters in preseason games. Yeah. Uh, I think the joint practices are where they feel like they get their best look at what the team's going to look like. But see, that's what's like, for example, if I was in charge, I probably would have played Harris over having like AJ Terrell out there. Right. Like, because I think, it, you know, knowing you have Jalen Hawkins, like, God forbid, and this is nothing on Eric Harris. It's just, he's new here. Like yeah. you kind of want it like, I, and I don't, I'm not trying to like attack Eric Harris. It's just like, is he, I mean, it makes sense to, to have like Dion Jones or Grady Jarrett out there, but Eric Harris isn't on their level. Like, yeah. like, I don't understand really why he wasn't, you know, out there at all this preseason, considering it's a new team. He's going to be playing with a, you know, pretty much all new players. Um, and, you know, him and Harmon haven't actually played a snap together. Um, you know, I don't know what really happened in the joint practices because it's not like we were able to watch them aside from some footage or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I just find that, you know, kind of interesting that he hasn't really done anything this preseason. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, one of those things where um, – we will see how this plays out, but I, I know there are a lot of fans that have big questions uh, similar to that, you know, about how coach Smith has handled 
um, this preseason. A lot of fans, I think, are fine with it. Um, I personally don't think the the starters necessarily need a lot of playing time at all in the, in the preseason games because the you know the much of the evals done in the practices. But we'll see. That's you know we're going to get to the regular season very soon. We're we're a little over a week and a half away at this point. Yeah. Um, and a little under 10 days, I think it's 10 days for the first actual, mm-hmm. um, uh, regular season game on Thursday night. So, you know, the Falcons and, and here's the thing, and, and this is something to keep in mind coming off of the, the preseason, the first couple of games for almost all NFL teams tend to be sloppy and they tend to not be a great indicator of how the season's going to go. Um, some fans, you're, you're not going to want to hear this, but I don't think that playing Matt Ryan for three quarters in the preseason game is going to change that. Um, so if he comes out and, and he's flat or it doesn't look good, uh, that's literally like what happens every year. <laughs> so yeah, please keep that in mind. Uh, this, it, it could be a bumpy road, even in 2016. I think people forget that, you know, in the Super Bowl season, um, their first game was at home against Tampa Bay and the entire offense looked like garbage um, in that first game. So uh, we tend to forget that because that was a you know a, a record-setting offense that year. But that first game was not good. They lost that game at home to Tampa Bay. Um, so you know, plus there's an extra game this year. I don't think many teams are looking at their schedule, going, "Yeah, we definitely need to use them during preseason so they're ready, yeah. so we can go undefeated." Like a lot of teams may use Week One as kind of like you know, not saying they're not trying to win the game, but kind of like an easing into it sort of thing with an extra yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I, I think you're exactly right. And I think, you know, with Arthur Smith and the offense, don't be surprised if he uses that first game to install more of the gadget type stuff um, to take some of the pressure. Like what you saw, the play that he ran for Kyle Pitts, it's a single read pass. Like if if the defense had kept track of Pitts properly, that play blows up. Like it just goes nowhere. Right. It's a single read. There's not a whole lot of additional options. Um, it's either that or like run out of bounds or throw it out of bounds. Right. Or- <laughs> exactly. Like you're throwing it out of bounds. You're getting rid of it one or the other. Uh, if you can't get it to call pits. And those are the kind of plays that you sort of run at the beginning of the season, but when they work, they work fantastically. Um, and you're trying to take advantage of a defense that doesn't know what's coming. And I think that's what we were seeing there. So um, I, I think we're going to see a lot of plays like that initially as Arthur Smith, continues to install the full offense with this team. Cause at this point, I, I don't think the full offense has been installed. I think it, it would be silly to think that that has happened in just this short period of time. Um, so I think you're going to see select plays like that, where they're going to try to take pressure off of the offensive line, off of, um, you know, the, the new young tight end, the, the super weapon in Kyle Pitts. Uh, and you're going to see more of these single read or two read plays uh, as they continue game by game, to work on installing the full offense and getting to the point where they're running at full speed. So, yeah, I think you're, I think you're hundred percent right. They're they're not treating it like a preseason game, but they know they're not going to be the same team in game one, that they're going to be a game six, that they're going to be a game 14. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's important to keep in mind. You know, this is a team that is going to continue to grow and change. And there was no way, simply no way in three preseason games that, Oh, Hey, if they had played Matt Ryan more, they'd have the whole offense installed. No, they wouldn't. They're not installing the offense in the preseason games. They're not showing you anything except for that one play to Kyle Pitts. And that was probably literally the only play that will will show up again at any time during the season. <laughs> oh, mercy. All right. The To close us out, special teams. I think it, 
in my mind, the book is closed on this. How do you think this one's playing out? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I can speak for both of us. Like Cordero Patterson will be the kick returner. Yep. Avery Williams will likely make the roster and be that punt returner. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can play kick returns if in a pinch. Who's uh, the kicker? And Nazilak is the punter. Yep, 100%. But, you know, we could be wrong, but that's what I would, I think both of us would put our money on. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. And uh, I think that's what will get us to um, the actual starting day roster for special teams. Um, as you said, and I think, you know, I want to reemphasize this as we wrap up the podcast for today. This roster is not done. No matter what the cuts look like after today, they have to finish them by Tuesday at 4 p.m. Uh, I think they'll be done before that. I think they'll probably finish up either Tuesday morning or tonight, the time we're recording this, which is Monday evening. Uh, I think they'll finish up tonight or tomorrow morning, and the announcements will be made. Um, the roster will not be I, – I, I can almost guarantee you that the roster – that you'll see is the first 53 man roster will not be the same roster that they play in Philadelphia with. So um, keep that in mind before you, you know, lose your mind over guys you think don't deserve to be on the roster. Yeah. Well, Plus they have longer this year. Yeah, they do. It's not the very, you know, usually it's that preseason game ends and then that Thursday's the first game. Now we don't have it until the next Thursday. Yep. We've got a, a week long break before um, really anything kicks off. So, which is going to be important. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they, these teams, especially the Falcons, they need all the time they can get to begin fully installing with, you know, the majority of what the roster is going to look like. All right, Evan, um, can't wait to do this with a regular season game, man. It's oh, so much I know. Unless things go south, then it won't be so much fun. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll either way, fun. either we'll way, you're fun. getting an extra, extra podcast out of us this year with an extra <laughs> game. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, all right, remind our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on. Yep, you can find me on Twitter at M. Bridgefield, um, writing at thefalcolic.com. Um, follow the Instagram, the underscore falcolic. Follow us on Facebook at thefalcolic. Um, yeah, just, uh, you know, preseason's over. Take this next, you know, 10 days or whatever before that Thursday night kickoff with the. Who is it this year? Is it the Bucks and Cowboys, I think? I might be wrong. That, yeah, I think you're right. Yep. Cowboys and Bucks. So that'll be fun. And then that Sunday, um, you know, Falcons get to play. So just rest up. We got a long season ahead of us. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, same here. It's a new regime, um, new staff. This is going to be a, a lot of fun, hopefully. <laughs> As <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, uh, knock on wood. As for me, guys, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod. And as Evan mentioned, our articles daily at Falcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.